Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. The biggest lies we tell ourselves in business. Hey, I'm Donnie Bovine, the CEO and founder of Success Champion Networking and author of Endless Stream Referrals. This is Growth Mode, a podcast centered all around business and growth for your company. Hanging out with me as always is Kevin Snow, the sales and automation tactician and genius. And in this episode, we're going to talk about all those little lies and the big ones that you tell yourself as you run your business. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for this topic because as entrepreneurs, especially when you're starting out a business or when you're getting to one of those, those points where you're looking at pivoting or you're looking at going to that next level, there's all kinds of head trash. You know, you have all that inner monologue going on of everything coming back to haunt you. And I know for me, the big one I always have is when I'm bringing on a new client that's outside of my normal scope. So it's a new industry or they're much bigger and we're going to do something brand new and cool that I came up with that I've never done before. And as, as soon as I get that, that uh, yes, and they've filled out the form and they've given me money, then I'd go and I automatically, it happens all the time. It's like, oh crap, now what? This is this is going to fail miserably. And I have all that inner monologue saying, oh, shit, what if I fail and, and all the doubt coming in? And I think there's all these things that are that we tell ourselves, like, oh, I'm not good enough to do this or, you know, things like that, that just really screw with an entrepreneur and a business owner's head and their mindset and are really holding them back. Yeah, I like this. I think most people have that little gremlin sitting there whispering in their ear, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough, you know, and it it's all stems for, at least I'll speak for me. Most times it stems for like your point from the unknown. When I don't know what's the expectation up ahead, or maybe I know the expectation, but I don't know the mechanics that are going to need to take place. I don't know the mindset for what's going to have to take place in the near future. And it's the same thing for me. It's the new big things. Usually I can envision something big, like the summit, the badass business summit, or maybe a new book. 
but there's things like, you know, we're talking a lot about NFTs right now and trying to figure how to get in that place. And I'm literally in a state of overwhelm, you know, trying to put the NFT stuff together and do something success champions wise, because I want to make sure that if we're going to launch something along those lines, it's going to be something that's ongoing and permanent and is going to bring a ton of value to all involved. But there's so many moving parts that I don't fully understand and wrap my head around that I feel like that I will break a lot of things bigger than we traditionally do to make this work. And it's forcing me to not let that little gremlin whoop my ass as we continue to build this out and continue to bring conversations in. But I think all of us get to that point when there's something new, unknown, or there's something bigger than we've done in the past, it's going to be a mental freaking, you know, fight. But there are those people that just thrive on that stuff. And then they have head trash and other. Do you think the personality of the person has an impact on the amount or type of head trash that they have? I do. Uh, I think that your high D's are, you know, because we're more traditionally risk tolerant and are willing to do a lot more stupid, crazy things where, you know, your eyes are probably the craziest risk takers of the bunch. They're just the quickest ones to throw in the towel when things get tough. Your C's are the slowest ones to take a risk because they'll spend too much time calculating and your S just wants to take, go along with the flow most times and are completely risk adverse. They're actually the worst risk takers of the bunch. And I think given your personality traits, you're going to battle your own demons, if you will, there. But I also think how you're built in general outside of your, your you know, like disc profile you know, how you are raised, where you raised around a ton of money, that's going to give you a whole different risk talents, you know, risk ways to handle risk, where you grown, born in a very impoverished lifestyle, that's going to give you a whole different thought process. Where if you're running a business where you raised around entrepreneurs, that's going to give you a whole different set of things versus somebody like you and I who, well, I mean, you were kind of raised around entrepreneurs, but I wasn't raised around entrepreneurs at all. You know, so there's going to be different head trash that pops up based on your upbringing as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me with the analytical piece, that's where the, the head trash with the new client comes in a lot is overthinking how my skills and my knowledge can be applied and if it's going to be effective when it's applied. And, and it's almost more of a fear, almost kind of a fear of failure. I'm going to say, as opposed to when I really think about it, as opposed to, can I actually do this or not? So, you know, I, from the C standpoint, for some reason that's been like the topic of all my recent podcasts. Everyone's like, all right, so talk about you being an introvert in sales. You know, it's uh I'm like, all right, I'm poster child. But I, I think for a lot of us, it's really Own it, I, I'm going with it. It's it's yeah, it's it's having, I'm having fun with it. But I think that's a lot of it is we get too over analytical about our own selves. And we get, you know, I think it, to the point of being almost critical. 
And that's the huge portion yeah. of the stupid shit that we tell ourselves. Absolutely. And the, what I see, at least from the, the introverted C and S side of things is it's almost as if you guys are looking for the next step. Like there should be a roadmap there, almost there's two not. things going. And I think, <laughs> and so when, when there's not, that's when I think you guys are battling it the worst. I cause I like the creation side of things for me. I mean, if I'm thinking about when I try something new, it's not the, how's it going to get it done? It I deal with more. Is it, am I personally good enough to, to be the person to do the thing? I've, and I always have to go back to, and I know we're not talking about, you know, ways to fix it. But for me, I always have to go back to, there's nothing that I've ever done that I thought I couldn't handle that after I got in and did the thing that I didn't feel like, man, that was easy. Right. Cause every time that I, you end up doing, you get through it and you look back on all the things you did and you naturally like, Oh, well, that really wasn't all that bad. It's it's everything leading up to yeah. said issue or thing that they that. Well, and I, my I ass. think from both of our military standpoints, there are a lot of different training missions or things that we went on. We're like, oh, this is just gonna suck. This is gonna be horrible. And then you get done, it's like, huh, that was actually kind of fun. And that was and it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm glad I got to do it. And I think that mindset, you know, that becomes a shift in mindset for us as leaders as we went through the military side to that is really beneficial in the civilian side, that whole idea of, all right, so I know when I look at this, I'm going to be overly negative and being able to recognize that and then be able to take that step back and basically tell yourself shut the fuck up you you know why are you saying these things you know it's not actually going to be this bad yeah and i would add into that i think sometimes you, you know it's not going to be bad but it's also the playing it safe when doing the said thing cuz i have a tendency that when i do something instead of going as big as it could be, I go sometimes as big as I think I can handle. And, and, and sometimes that's even subconsciously, you know, and in doing so something, I don't know, I, I can't even think of an example, but something that could be a lot bigger, get downplayed to a lot smaller, more minuscule thing. But I even think that comes back to, I mean, look how you and I train. If if you and I are going to train a class or a session, you're going to build out an entire program step-by-step. Step. Here's how you do. Probably put, a, put together a PowerPoint. And, and it may get done like the week before your presentation, but it's going to be a well-thought-out, well-oiled process that you're going to teach people. I'm going to show up the day of and go, what the hell am I speaking about? And I think that plays a lot into all these voices that pop up in our head as we're running and building our businesses because of, 
you know, how we're wired and what we're doing with that, that wiring. What other voices do you think people are battling as they are running their businesses and putting things, you know, putting things out well, there. So I think grow. one of the voices that people get, especially if you are more of a product based uh, company, and I guess we even do that in the solution side a little bit, but you know, no one will ever buy this or this, you know, this isn't a good idea. And it, it's not even so much the, well, you can't do this. It's like, well, no one else is going to like this. And they, 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 you, you see this a lot, especially in the corporate world where people won't give ideas because they already think they suck. And you never know who's sitting right. on this, the, you know, this ch- world changing idea that they just popped in their head. It's like, well, what if we did this? And it's like, oh, my God, that that's the holy grail of whatever. Uh, but people are afraid to say it because they're afraid it's not good enough or that it's going to fail. They don't want to they don't want to. Well, you know, think- they don't want to be the person who came up with the oh, oh, you're that guy. You came up with this idea. You're dumb. Yeah. Or you got the person that just takes a look at another person or a company and is like, oh, yeah. they'd never buy from me. They'd never make a purchase for my stuff. Same same type of concept. I think some of the others is the, I won't be able to handle the workload. I know that gets me every once in a while. I'll think about even success champion networking and think along the lines of, okay, so we have a thousand chapters across the U.S. How much work is that going to be? And I have to instantly tell myself, how many people will we have on the team to help manage and maintain all of that? I won't be managing a thousand chapters. I'll be managing 20, 25, maybe 50 people, which is a cool way trick to sometimes look at the big things that sound monstrous. And go, this is how you can bring it down to a terms that, that you can wrap your head around. I, th- I think part of the voice, especially for business owners who are trying to scale and they want to grow something big, is the, the voices that, oh, we, I can't do this. It's going to be too much work. All comes from not actually understanding where they're trying to get to. You know, And what you just Agreed. said about the, oh, when we have a thousand chapters, oh, my God, this could be so much work. Oh wait, I'm going to have people. You know, you need to have that vision of what the organization looks like and have that, you know, made up org chart even that says, "Hey, here's all the positions we're going to have." And I've done this with other clients and in other businesses where we had the org chart and then my name was in everything or the owner's name was in everything and then as he hired people, it's like, "All right, I have someone doing this now." And now, oh, look, now we have another name, new name doing this thing. And you just keep taking those off. And it now becomes this realistic thing for them because they understand, all right, so here's how I'm actually going to handle a thousand chapters. Or here's how I'm going to handle $10 million in revenue a month. And because I have this. So I I think a lot of it is just because people don't know where they want to get to. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think people don't think in who versus what enough because I think a lot of people are thinking about, oh my God, look at all this stuff, which is the what versus thinking about, wow, how do I build this so others can do it? You know, I 
we tell a lot of the business owners as they're building out their sales processes, you know, it's, it's don't build the sales process for you build the sales processes. If you're hiring somebody, how would they have to hire for this situation for you and watch how you transition and, and reframe what you're talking about and thinking about. So, and I think for most part, you know, people need to start listening to the things that are popping in their head when they're doing something and start questioning why those things are popping in their head and trying to understand where they come from. Is there truth in it or is it some sort of fear just popping up that is holding them back? Because another one we didn't talk about is, is I don't think we talked about it, is you know, the fear of what other yeah. people think about you, you know, that's what keeps people from prospecting, keeps people from doing sales, you know, the like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it almost, it's, it's like business owners are back in high school and, and all the fears that you yeah. had as a high school kid, you know, am I going to fit in? What are people going to think about me? Am I going to look dumb? Am I, you know, what happens if I fail? All those fears are now just moved over into a whole different area of our life. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, well, you know, now I have to conquer them again. What the hell? <laughs> Haven't I gone through this already? Right. But it's, yeah. you know, it's in high school, it, it stems from the same thing, though. It's all the unknown. You're thrown into this social circle yep. that you have no idea how to navigate. And when people launch a business, very few of us came out of college with a business degree with any understanding of how to run a business. So now we're back in that whole. Very few of us came. Very yeah, this, few of us yep. went to college. So let's, yeah. let's put that out there as well. Um, <laughs> so now you're in this whole new paradigm where you're like, I have no idea what to do here and how I'm supposed to behave and what's in, in your t completely self-conscious again. Yep. 100%. And, and, I think that if people will get more cognizant of what they're thinking about, how they're responding to a situation, for me, it's reverting back to a similar situation and going, okay, we've been here in something similar before. We got through that. We'll get through this. And remembering most times that when you get on the back end of something, you're going to look back and either realize it wasn't all that hard or you learned a better, faster way to do than how you originally set out to do it. And I think that helps out tremendously. So this week, we don't have any member questions. We got more member statements, which is kind of fun. A couple of things they threw on the table that are that are really good topics to talk about. Uh, so um, you want to sure. start with those? The Kevin first one is from Hannah Chapman, and she is a president of our newest chapter in Cincinnati, the the uh, Queen City Charisma. Queen yeah. City, not Charm we're City. All, I we're made both that mistake. Very careful now when we throw out the name and not use the wrong one. Um, <laughs> so uh, Hannah says that one of the things that one of the ways that she hears people say about being a business owner is, "If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life." <laughs> you want to take this one first? <laughs> that is such, yeah. Uh, and Hannah's with X2 Wealth Planning. Sorry, I was looking up her company really quick. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, 
I think anybody who says the statement, do what you'll love, you'll never work a day in your life, needs to be punched square in the mouth because they've never done their passion as hard as they should be to turn into a business. Because most people, if one, if you take and do your passion, turn it into business, you're probably going to paint your passion. But two, man, let me tell you, I thought I worked hard as an employee, but I worked 12 billion times harder running a business. And I do love doing this. I have a lot of, I have a blast doing this, but my God, do I work my ass off? Kevin puts in a ridiculous amount of hours. You know, I just think it's ignorant to say you won't work it. And I know what they're trying to say with that famous quote and saying, but I don't give a shit. If you're building a business, it's going to be a lot I think the phrase needs to be rewritten and more along the lines of if you're going to work this hard, you need to love what you do. Because, because I like look, at, that. look at my dad. He was a farmer. He loves farming. He's there's nothing he wanted to do other than that. And he, you know, he did it up until the last possible moment that he could before he retired because that's what he likes. But I remember nights where he came home and he got in from the field and he ate a little dinner, showered, and then just went to bed or fell asleep in the in the recliner because he worked his ass off. And he'll be the first one to tell you, yeah, we yep. work really hard. And it's the same with any business owner. They're going to work hard to make it successful. You know, it's 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 going to be, you know, it's not always enjoyable, but it's they're willing to sacrifice it because they believe in what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. I, I go back to what our buddy Dodd, Donald Dotson said, and he said, don't turn your passion into a business get passionate about whatever you're doing. And I think that's huge. It just goes right along with what you just said. If you can get passionate about what you do, it doesn't mean it's not going to be work. It's just going to suck a little less. The second statement up there was from Kim Fodry with the uh, Intuitive Bookkeeper, and she's in the Atlanta... Shit, what is Atlanta's chapter? Uh, the Atlanta chapter is the Atlanta Wolfpack. Oh, yeah, the Atlanta Wolfpack chapter. <laughs> so, and she's with the Atlanta Wolfpack chapter. And she says, and I'm going to let Kevin answer this one because this one he battles with sometimes. Um, I can do it all and be successful is something that business owners often tell themselves. They, they don't delegate because nobody can do it as good as I can. How would they handle that, Kevin? It's. Suck it up and just work harder. Who needs sleep? You can sleep when you die. No. <laughs> no, that's what they do. Oh, oh, that's what they do. What are we supposed to do? Not what we actually do. No. Right. It's, it's right. really, for me, it's processes. And what I've had to learn is I'll have my internal processes, but I have to document them. And you have to be able to communicate the, the, those processes and what the outcome the expected outcome is that's usually my biggest issue when I delegate stuff is I have a really clear picture of how it should be, but I don't communicate it effectively so that it doesn't get done right. So then I end up going at it anyway. And then I say this delegation thing sucks and I stop doing it and then I have to redo it all again anyway. 
So it's really key if you're going to delegate is you need to understand the processes and you have to have them in place so you can show the person what right looks like and then have uh, be able to communicate to them what those outcomes need to be. So what the end stage should uh, should be and then trust them to do it. Uh, you know, I tr- when I train and work with new lieutenants in the military, we always teach the whole concept of trust but verify. And that, you know, hey, go tell your, your NCO, your sergeant, what needs to be done and trust him that he'll get it done, but then verify, go back and check, you know, and, and make corrections, uh, course corrections. So, but let them do their thing. And that's usually the hardest thing for business owners when they delegate is to completely let go and let the other person do stuff because it's now impacting their baby and it's going to impact what they're trying to grow and they, you know, and that's, that's really important to them. I, I, I was thinking through this as you were talking about it and the things I don't like doing, I'm really good at getting off my plate and, and getting somebody else doing. It's the things that I enjoy doing that I suck at delegating. And I think that's where I get myself in trouble because like you, I'm terrible at communicating what I want done. I really want people to read my fucking mind and just see it the way I see it and, and, and make it happen. And I think there are certain people that can do that. I think you and I have kind of always intuitively worked that way, you know, together. And I think a lot of people are just hoping somebody can come up and read their mind. So I think to your point, it's a lot of that. Okay. How do we document this? what's the checks and balance, you know, what's the leniency in this? How far can they go before we yank them back in and go, okay, this is the way. Yeah, and I, and I think things. for yeah. you and us, you and me, it's, we've kind of hindered each other's development in that area because we've intuitively been able to understand what the other one's thinking. And then we will automatically yeah. do the, Oh, and then, you know, we could do this. And then we feed off each other that way. Whereas not everyone's able to understand us, yep. I, you know, which is shocking to me. I, I don't know why yep. they can't just do it exactly what we want um, the first time, but, <laughs> you know, and so we've haven't, now that we're on team members, we're having to focus on that a lot more and figuring out, all right, so how do we effectively delegate this? We just had this with uh, one of our team members are like, well, it's, it's not really their fault because we didn't actually tell them that. <laughs> and they didn't realize that that Very was true. what our expectations were. Uh, but now they know and, and they're going gangbusters. So it's, you know, it's for us learning what, what we're saying and how it actually matches to what we think we're saying and where the differences are. Absolutely. So fun episode. Hope you guys got a little bit out of this. If you got any tips or tricks, advice out of this, do us a favor and please tell one other person how to subscribe to the show. Means a lot to us. We have a lot of fun doing this. We appreciate all the emails and messages we get off of these. Uh, I got uh, an email the other day saying, man, that was the exact message I needed to hear. So thanks for that. So we appreciate those guys. So have fun. Love you. Mean it. See you. Bye. One minute to spare. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. 
They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created success champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.